is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, Sports Bass Live on this Thursday edition. We are jam-packed. It's opening night. It is the Yankees and the Nationals. We'll have it live for you here on 97.3 ESPN. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Josh Henning producing today's show. You out there. What's up, everybody? How are you, sir? It's an exciting day. I mean, I woke up with an extra pep in the step. Just a little? Just a little. A lot. I mean, after last night. Okay, so... First off, I'm perplexed here. I don't understand. So I texted you last night about how awful the Kings broadcast was. And you're like, wait, what? I, I, I fell asleep. Did I miss it? Did I miss it? You didn't know right away when you turned that game on who I was talking about? That guy was horrible. I fell asleep. And then, okay, and then, like, I have a little text chain. Todd Rank, my old producer, Pete G., we were going back and forth the whole game about how bad the guy was. I mean, the guy, Peachy, sent me a text. He's like, who's this guy doing the game? That's all anybody was talking about. So I fired you the text. I said, this broadcast is horrendous. And you're like, huh? Wait, did I miss something? I'm like, the Kings heat game. No response. Not like, oh, my God, this guy's bad. I turned it on. He's horrible. Nothing. Still haven't got a response about how bad the guy doing the Kings game was. He was horrible. Would you like for me to text you right now and respond? Because I can do that. I'm perplexed at how that's, that comment I made wasn't like, dude, this guy's awful. You're like, huh, what? What game are we even talking about? I'm like, the King. Did I even have to tell you? Are you what? You told me, hey, I'm going to have the basketball on. It was. All night long. It was. Then you didn't know what. I you didn't think that. that guy was horrible. He was bad. But, horrible. Yeah, see, I think it wasn't as bad as what you claim it to be, the but Kings, I thought it was bad. The guy doing the Kings Yeah, game? the older gentleman, oh, correct? Oh, my God. He was coughing the whole time, and I said, the guy's spreading COVID all over the place, and he kept saying, huh, oh. Excuse me, I'm, uh... I mean, where did they get that guy? He was horrible. To be fair, I did have it on all night long. It's not my fault. I came home, sat on the couch. Dog was licking my face. That's how he greets me. I'm like, oh, I love you yeah, so that's much. That's how we're spreading this disease. Well, it's a dog. Again, not have my dog lick my face. And then before I, I woke up and it's like, whoa, it's what, 9.30, 10 o'clock? What, what the hell happened? Yeah, well, that was the game. But it was on TV, so technically I wasn't wrong when I said I'm going to have it on all night long. Yeah, well, and I said, this guy is, and I capitalized every letter, Horrible. I mean, we were going back and forth all the, the whole game about how bad he was. There was one time they were going to commercial. He said something. They cut him right off. I mean, in the middle of the commercial, he came back. Holy mackerel. I said, where did they find this guy? Apparently, he does the radio broadcast, and he's been there for like 35 years because the television guy, he had to resign because he said something to DeMarcus Cousins on Twitter and had to basically re resign his position. So they had to get someone to do these games. So they put the radio guy, who's probably 90. God, he was horrible. I literally was like, I can't watch this anymore. It was so, I've been waiting for basketball to come back. This guy was, anybody else watched that game? It was King's Heat on NBA TV. It was the Sacramento Kings broadcast team. 
I mean, I thought Doug Chris. Remember Eric Snow when he was doing the Sixers game? He fell asleep during the game. Yes, I do remember yeah, that. I thought Snow was going to fall asleep because this guy was so bad. He was dreadful. But you would think that, even though he wasn't a TV guy, that you would know not to cough, sneeze, and say certain things during the game. I don't think he could control game. himself. I'm surprised he probably needed someone to change his pants for him. <laughs> well, I was a little bit confused because the Miami Heat were home. So I thought it was going to be the Miami Heat broadcast. So what happened there? I wrote to you, this broadcast team is horrendous. You were, which game was this for? I took a hard snooze on the couch. I think I missed the one you're talking about. You missed the one. It's on now. And they're horrible. Kings versus Heat. They use the home broadcasters from a remote location, correct? Who cares? They're horrible. I don't care where they were. It was terrible. I was still in my mid-wake up during these texts, so I'm kind of spitting at you with one eye open, <laughs> a little crushed coming off the eye. I think I drooled on the pillow, so it was a hard snooze, man. I'll tell you what. You're lucky you got some answers out of me. I wanted an answer. Apparently, you don't think he was as bad. Anybody out he there was bad. watched the game last night? He was bad, he but I don't was think. was horrible. I Can don't we think... get some audio of this guy last night? I don't think I would have texted you and said, dude, are you watching this? Like, I thought it was bad, but I don't think it was to the point of, oh, my Lord, who's watching this out there? This is just horrendous. But it was bad. It wasn't good by any means. And it's, I mean, the guy was just bad. It's not because he was in a different location. It's not that hard to call a game. Look, first off, just to give some insight to people out there, most of the time when you're doing play-by-play in the arena, you're calling the game off of the video screen. I mean, if there is one supplied for you. Like, if there's a screen there, most of the time – you're going to call the play-by-play off of the screen, not act off of the actual action on the floor. You're going to look off the screen. Like, when I call MMA for UFC, I don't look in the cage hardly at all. Is Everything it delayed is at all, of, though, or not at all? No, it's okay, in it's real not, time. Okay. We pretty much call the action right from the screen. We barely, either one of us, barely look inside the cage. If you ever watch and see the broadcasters, you'll see them looking at the screen, not at the action. So they can call the event. Believe me, you want to be in the arena. I hope that one thing I hope that comes from this is that these cheap broadcasting companies are like, oh, you know what? We don't have to send these guys places because they can just call them from here. Yes, you can. But that just, it just, you got to be in the arena. Like, I can't imagine being Mark Zumoff, like, yes, in a completely empty house. He's going to have to do that. Yeah, though. I mean, like, but there's, that's the whole point. He does it because he's feeding off the energy in that building. And when the guy hits it at three, yes, and it's like, yes. Like, I'm wondering if the guy was whispering last night because he's in. They're doing the broadcast from inside an empty arena where the Kings play, and the game is in Florida. And it's different for basketball, say, for, like, if you compare what they have to go through with the fans and the feeding off the fans in basketball, it's totally different than, say, with baseball where it's more conversational. You can hang out at the NBC Sports Philadelphia area to call the games because, you know, you're just having some chat. And, of course, when a home run comes, you get excited. But if you're telling me it's a big three-pointer in a game, yeah, that crowd is going to change the way that you feel when you're commentating. So with basketball, it is going to be funky. No doubt. I wonder if he gets a second chance at this, though. You might have just got him fired. No, I, 
I read up on this guy and tried to find out what happened. I found out the original guy, Grant Napier, he has been there for a while. He's also the sports talk radio afternoon guy on the Sacramento station. He basically tweeted something at DeMarcus Cousins and he had to resign. So instead of hiring someone brand new for this little eight game thing, they moved the radio guy to television and the guy who does the pregame show and the postgame show on radio, he's doing the radio broadcast for this eight-game season, and then they're going to reevaluate for next season. I think they might have to, according to the way you put it. But I just wonder, is he going to get another opportunity? Apparently he's like bad? legendary out there. Oh, the legendary Grant, uh, they call him the G-Man. You did your homework. Oh, I, he was that bad. Could you sleep last night, or were you thinking of that? Were you flipping and flopping last night with the covers just thinking how bad this was? I'm wondering if anybody out there also felt the same way. Like, someone else had to be watching. It was on NBA TV. I don't know how many people were watching NBA TV last night. But if you're a basketball fan and you wanted some live action, you had the game on last night. I think I was more focused on the game because I was just so excited to have sports back, you know? It was hard to focus on the game. The I was being was... sarcastic. I was sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I was drooling on my pillow. Yeah, apparently these games did... You waited months for live basketball action. You got it on and you crapped out well, on the Well, I'll couch. tell you what. Two to six, you put me through a lot sometimes. So, you know, after a draining four-hour show with you, I'm so mentally exhausted, I touch my couch and sometimes I just fall right asleep. <laughs> yeah, the guy's name is Gary Garold. He is the new interim TV play-by-play announcer. I got to try to get a call of the guy. I wonder how old this guy is. I mean, he's been there, it says, for... This is his 35th season with the Kings. He's called 2,769 games on radio. Wow. Yeah. And he's coughing on TV, sneezing during the broadcast. That's incredible stuff. It was painful, man. And I was like, I can't, I can't keep watching this. I got I to gotta change the channel. So you turned it off. I kept flipping back and forth. And then at halftime, it was funny because they did this little halftime thing, and I guess they didn't really have like a whole heck of a lot, so it was just him and the color analyst is Doug Christie. Remember Doug Christie? He's 78 years old. All right, maybe he's, uh, you know, he, well, he's been there 35 years. He's 78 years old. I mean, he's doing him a favor. No, I'm, I'm with but you. Remember I'm... Doug Christie? No, you don't remember no. Doug Christie? Come, no, uh, he was a Laker. He played at Pepperdine. Okay. Um, he's not the most exciting guy either, but I guess it's hard to be excited when there's nobody in the building and you're in a – 18,000-seat arena calling a basketball game that's 3,000 miles away from you. I'm curious to see if we're going to see other bad performances by the broadcasting team. I haven't, like, look, I've been watching a lot of, like, of these new games, like restarting. There's been a lot of remote broadcasts. I don't even, it, it was just that this guy wasn't very good at his job, that's all. It wasn't that because it was a remote broadcast, I don't think that was the problem. Maybe he was nervous to be on television. Come on, he's been doing this for 35 years. Apparently, he's legendary. I don't know. See if you can find some audio from that game last night, please. There's got to be some audio of that guy. See, here's the thing. I mean, if, come it on, it's... That, if it was that bad, right, don't you think it would be all over Twitter, this guy just getting roasted left and right? You might be the only one to feel this way. I'm surprised. I'm surprised right now that there, there are First people. tweet I see, I like hearing him on TV again. It feels good. That's what someone tweeted about Gary. I like hearing Gary on TV oh, wait a again. All it right, hold feels on. good. This guy says Gary is coughing up a lung. That was uh, so. 
Gary's voice is so nostalgic. I love it. Yeah, apparently out there he's like legendary. But he's coughing up a lung on live television. I mean, once you, you see that. You think I'm lying. Look at these tweets. No, Gary Gerald is coughing. Dude is coughing. Hashtag NBA is back. Um, you know, the other guy said he's, he's coughing up a lung out there. Well, apparently he's some people's spirit animal because, you know, Electro is saying here that he's his spirit animal. He wants to be like Holy him. Holy mackerel. I guess they like him out there. I mean, out there, he's their guy. Spirit animal. I see that one. What if Meryl Reese started doing this on the air? What, coughing? Yeah. Do you think we would sit here and be like, ah, listen, we'll, we'll throw him a bone. We love him so much. He's uh, legendary. And then someone outside of Philadelphia listens and goes, this guy, this guy's coughing up a lung. How can he be so legendary? <laughs> well, that's, um, look, everybody's like local broadcasters is like unique to them. So maybe out there he's like, you know, unique to them. It was just a painful listen. I don't know. Although... So what did you think of the actual presentation? I think the presentation is very solid. Did you see the fans element that they're no, working No, but in? I saw it on Twitter. When I was actually watching the game, I didn't notice the fans. Really? No. I did notice it. I did not notice it. They played it. it along like the wall screens. I saw the So I thought like the the sidelines where the players sit on, that's fine. The end lines, I think they should do something. Like if they can get the logo of the home team and put them down there or the NBA they just got this blank nothingness down there. I think they should do something on the on the the baselines. And if they did something on the far sideline, like put a little logo or color color, like, you know, a different color to the to the court so that, you know, it wasn't all this just like light woodish looking thing. Other than that, I wasn't all that distracted by the fact that there's nobody there. They had a couple of times where they showed the whole arena, and it, you know there's nobody there and anything. But I mean, the only thing is, like being in there, I'm sure feels a lot different. You're just in this empty place playing a high energy game. But I mean, the the, the gameplay was bad. They were bad. The the Nets game. Were you watching the Net game? I saw the Net game. Yes, mackerel. I think that's the one that actually put me to sleep into the Miami Heat game because you had literally nobody who can score a basketball in the I've Brooklyn seen Nets. more competitive games in Sea Isle on Saturday afternoon. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you've competed in those too, hanging out by the perimeter. I mean, hungover guys getting up and down the court was better than watching that net thing last night. Oh, I agree with you completely. That was a disaster. And I do agree with you that maybe under the baseline that they do something. But, you know, in terms of the vibe of it, you don't hear too much talking on the court compared to the broadcast. Like, the broadcast does a good job of being loud enough where you don't hear the awkwardness of the the game being played. Do you agree with me? Yeah, you know I thought I mean? you were going to hear more talking from the players. You hear more squeaky shoes, I will say that. Well, they did have, like, music playing. They had, like, some atmosphere going in there. I mean, I like the fact that they had the whole sideline that you see on TV with, like, the video boards and... All of that, so like you couldn't see that there's empty seats there because they have them all blocked out. And the other side, you could see that there's empty seats, but you don't see that side of the court very often. Absolutely, and I don't know if you saw what Fox is going to do with these MLB games now, but they are doing the virtual fans. Just Fox. I saw. Just I read that Fox. this morning. Yeah, so I think it's great. 
Um, yeah, I think that is probably now ESPN and the regional sports networks and anybody else who carries baseball. Apparently, Fox said they are willing to share the technology with them. That's great. That's great news. But at this time, those other networks are not going down that route. But I would think that you might want to go down that route once you see the fact that their presentation is probably going to look a lot better than yours. I absolutely agree, and I know soccer's doing it, although with the soccer... The MLS is bad, man. Oh, the MLS, yeah, but I was talking about the leagues that implemented the fake fans virtually. It didn't look the same. I I think the fake fans from certain views in soccer just made it look like there were blobs in the seats. The video I saw about Fox Sports putting it in there, that's actual people. I mean, these virtual people look like people, not just blobs, as if they're standing up behind home plate and being there. It's kind of weird, honestly, but I think it's great because we're so used to it and accustomed to it where they're giving it that feel that this is somewhat normal, even though we know that it's all computer generized. Right, exactly. So a lot of the uh, the regional sports networks, part of the reason why the Phillies are putting these cardboard people behind home plate is so for the television aspect of it, it doesn't look like it's an empty building there. So they're going to put them like right behind home plate, and then I think out in the outfield in certain sections. I like the cardboard cutouts behind home plate. I was watching the Dodgers game after one of the Phillies preseason exhibition games that they played. Phillies did not have it at the time, and the Dodgers did. And it was a difference. I mean, I was literally sitting there. I was thinking to myself, I was going to take a picture and send it to you and think, you know, ask you what you thought about it. I thought it was that much of a difference to have people behind home plate cardboard form because it does give you that feel that this is somewhat how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how long. I mean, I think Fox doing the computer-generated fans, once people kind of get a look at that, other networks might say, okay, that looks a lot better. Like, the problem with the MLS, first off, the ratings have not been very good. So here you are waiting for sports to get back, and you have the first American live team sport back. I mean, yeah, you've had golf and NASCAR, but the first team sport back, thinking, all right, we can get people. The problem is this is where the presentation's tough. First off, the gameplay's terrible, and two – it looks like a Division Three soccer game, doesn't it? No, it does. It absolutely doesn't. I didn't see it, really, until you mentioned it to me. I knew it wasn't good presentation, but we talked about it, and you said it looks like a D3 soccer team. I went home the next night. I think the Union even played that night, or it was the next day or whatever, and I'm like, oh, damn. You said it, and then it put it in my brain, and now every time I watch it, that's all I can see. Mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't a good presentation, but once you said that, it did give me that vibe even more that, this is straight up just a, a low-end college field. <laughs> That's, yeah, so it's tough. I can't watch any of those games. I watch the Union ones because I want to be involved with Philadelphia sports. Like, I'm watching it. But if you tell me the Red Bull is playing some other team, out, the Atlanta team, I can't watch it. No. Can't watch it for one minute. Now, the Premier League ratings have been pretty good. That is fun watch. That is a fun watch. I'm all in on that. That's, I'm a uh, casual guy, but I'm all in when it's on. I mean, I'm looking for it. I'm putting it on. I'm entertained. I am all in to my casual fan level. Right. So it's not that it's not soccer that's not doing well. It's MLS soccer that's not doing well. Well, that just tells you that the skill level isn't really there to catch the attention. Yeah. No. I, I and look, we have this conversation every once in a while, which is kind of like you know, hey, we've been hearing about soccer and soccer so popular. Eh, not really. Like, MLS has been here 25 years. 
they still, like, there's a pandemic going on. People are dying for live sports, and they can't get anybody to watch it. But this is equivalent to, there was an East Coast Hockey League team in Atlantic City, correct? ECHL, yes. Yeah, the East Coast League. So imagine the whole pandemic thing was, it still is in play, but where no sports were on at all, and the only league back was that East Coast Hockey League that was on TV. That's equivalent to what you're getting with this soccer, you know? So, like, people like hockey, but do they like hockey enough to start watching the East Coast Hockey League? Well, it is in terms of because there's a league that has better play, but in this country, it's the professional league. It's the highest level you can get to if you're playing in America. Right, in America, but also, like, the diehard soccer fans know that that's not even close to real competition in terms of what's out there. Yes, but I'm saying, like... For example, if the NHL... If there was a league in Canada that was better than the NHL, diehard hockey fans would be watching that league over the NHL if you live in the States. If there was a... There is a Canadian hockey league, but it's juniors. But imagine if that was a professional level that was better than the NHL. I'm surprised that Canada doesn't have, like, their own... Like, they have the CFL. So they go out of their way to have their own football league that they don't... Don't, and they have a basketball league, too. I believe they have a Canadian basketball. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know too but much But they about don't it. have an NHL competitor. Like, you would think, like, Canada would say, we're going to do the NHL, and we're going to do it better. Well, you know, the wh why I think that is, we look at the NHL here and somewhat laugh at it, right? To them, it's NFL. To them, that's – we look at the NFL a certain way. They feel that way about the NHL. So why would they create that? Well, just so that they could say they did it better. But I, they want to be involved with the NHL. True, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, the MLS thing, it's like after 25 years, you would think, okay, there's a pandemic going on, you have the opportunity here. Look, you're you're the only game in town right now, pal, that they would have had this mass rush of people like trying to, you know, you wonder if they did more harm than good by rushing doing this thing in Orlando. I heard them talking on the Levitard show today about the fact that it's hot down there. The players look tired. Being in this bubble, they got like the leftover places to stay after the NBA got the first pick. So they're kind of like, you know, this is not conducive to having. And by the way, this isn't even a league, right? This is just some made-up-for-TV tournament. Yes, correct. It is the ML the MLS's back tournament, so it has no correlation to what's happening in the actual standings, from my knowledge. It's a, it's a tournament just for this. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't imagine. I don't know. I, I wonder what people who are a little bit more involved in the soccer think about it. They probably thought that they were going to be able to, hey, we're in a pandemic. There's no live sports. Let's get on. Let's get people back. But if you're going to put a list out there of, at the top of the list, it's the diehard soccer fans that are watching any level of soccer, no matter what it is. And then there's the bottom that won't turn on any soccer at all. I wonder how many people in the middle did get towards that. Like we, it turned us off, but I bet you that there are a bunch of people who are in the middle of what I just laid out that got turned on to the MLS because of it. Uh, maybe. I'm not doubting that, but the ratings have not been good. Well, Ratings have not been good. I guess yeah, that I mean, is... 9 o'clock in the morning is not a great time to be on television. And there are times where, honestly, I'm looking for Sports Center at night. Maybe it's midnight, and I just want to catch up on with what all happened. And there's a 10 to 12.30 game on, and I, I don't watch it. You know, I'm pissed off that Sports Center's not on. That's how I feel about it now, at this apparently point. the ESPN uh, app had some games on. Not MLS games, but maybe, hmm. 
Was it what we saw on TV yesterday? No. I found out what that was, by the way. You know how the Premier League, you can get relegated into that second league? That was the second league to the MLS, the Philadelphia Union 2 play in that league, apparently. They have a Union 2 team? Apparently. That's what I that's saw. That's their name? I, What's I worse, so. the Union 2 or the Washington football team? I would say I would rather be called the Washington football team than the Union 2. I honestly don't even think temporarily being called the Washington football team is a big deal. No, I mean, who cares? I well, mean, the outrage is unbelievable right now. Well, How can they're, they're a laughing stock, you know, all this. It's like, what do you want them to do? They have to come up with a name for the time being until they figure it out. They're the Washington football team. Well, I, I would actually have probably gone this route down this route, too, because there's not enough time to, you know, when you do a logo and a name and all that stuff, you have to, like, take a lot of time to, like, test it. You know, that's why the Seattle Kraken, who just announced their team name today, it took them forever to do this because you go through all these tests and you got to come up with a logo. The Redskins or the, the Washington football team, they simply didn't have enough time to come up with a new name a new name and logo for the season that starts in September. They moved it. If they did, they would have been rushing it. So I think it's probably smart on their part. By the way, I'm a big fan, though. Of teams that just go numbers on the helmets. Have you seen their new their uniforms are going with this year? I have not. They're pretty sweet. Okay. Well, I know you like simple. Very simple. The helmet's the burgundy, and it's got the burgundy and the gold numeral on the helmet. Now leave it to this organization to start throwing out tweets and keeping the Redskins on their Twitter feed as their title name while they're tweeting out from this point on. Yeah, see, that's a bad job. Sports Fast brought to you by Bennett Chevy. Nobody beats a Bennett Chevy deal. Nobody. Find out new roads at Bennett Chevy in Egg Harbor Township and online at BennettChevy.com. Now, it took forever for people to go from San Diego to L.A. Chargers. It's going to be hard to cut off Redskins and just go Washington. Like, you're going to have a hard time with that? Oh, it's going to be a hard time, no doubt about it. By the way, breaking news in baseball that might change tonight's game with the, with the Nationals and the Yankees. I'm intrigued by it. Find out next. Back to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. All right, Mike and Broad, Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN. So a little uh, breaking news in baseball. And uh, we were wondering, I mean, baseball, it seemed that the testing was going well, and it seemed that everything was kind of getting ready to go. And then on opening night, not only was there a positive test, it's maybe one of the biggest players in the game. Yeah, Juan Soto not being able to play this game tonight against Garrett Cole opening night. It definitely does hit a little bit, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. To see that, the one thing I don't... Juan Soto's approach sometimes with the tongue out and, like, the grab of the crotch area, I can live without that. But I would absolutely love to see that tonight against Garrett Cole. So here's a question. Soto, the Phillies played the Nationals recently. They, last Friday. They did. Saturday, right? Yep. If Soto tests positive, the contract tracing, wouldn't the rest of the team now have to test or? Well, how often is the league testing the players? I don't know, but, like, that's the whole thing. It's what's the deal? If you got Soto testing positive, wouldn't the whole team need to then quarantine? They've been around this guy the whole time. So everyone gets tested at the same time. So if he got a positive test, then the, and the rest of the team got a negative back at the same time. So that's why the rest of the team would be okay because the way baseball is doing their testing is everyone gets tested at the same time, 
everyone gets a result at the same time. All right, so just because a guy on your team got it, now he's asymptomatic apparently according to Mike Rizzo, does he have to sit out 14 days? So the way it works is that in seven days he will be tested again. So he's going to miss a week. And in a 60-game yeah. season, right? that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have to go through the full 14 because he's been continually tested. That's the, that's the thing they came to an agreement that – Apparently, if you're testing consistently, you don't have to go the full 14. But after they usually they want you to they want you to be isolated for seven days. I guess the good thing about this, not that this is good at all, but it just if he's the only one that tested positive, it's good to know that nobody else on the team also has it because he had it, at least not yet to our knowledge. Now, the other thing is to note is that with baseball, because they're not isolating the bubble like the NBA is who, by the way, is testing every single doggone day. The thing that baseball can do is Soto can retest again in a couple of days. If he gets a negative there, then he has the chance to maybe come back a little sooner, but it depends on his symptoms. So you said he's asymptomatic. That's what this says. It says Rezo says Soto is asymptomatic. He tested negative multiple times throughout the last several weeks, but he can't be cleared until he tests negative again. He has to be negative twice, too, because they don't want to have a uh, false positive or a false negative. That's the other concern baseball has because they're not in the bubble, so there's no insulation of environment to make sure that if there is a false one way or the other, that people are protected. It looks like here we're getting the nature of the beast. You know, we are seeing it happen. This is the first time we're talking about a real game, and we always brought up the hypothetical, what if someone tests positive? What do you do? Well, now we are seeing it happen, and we're going to have to live with this. This isn't going to be the first, you know. It's not, gonna, or this isn't going to be the last. It's going to continue to happen throughout, and this is the nature of sports coming back. You don't know if this is going to possibly happen to your best player yeah. or not. And this is where, like, you know, I think as a fan this year, you almost have to be a fan just for having the release back more than being invested in your team like you would in a normal season because, quite frankly, you might play 10 games without a guy because he's asymptomatic. There's nothing you can do about it. You're just basically playing. I think you can just, if you can get into your mind that you're just playing to have a sense of release from what's going on in the world right now. Like, you know what? I just want to sit on my couch and turn on the game, and thankfully they have figured out a way to bubble this whole situation up in basketball and in baseball. They're going to do this just so, and it's selfish to say, just so we can be entertained, but you're going to have to go into it as like an entertaining type of thing and a release more than a competitive, you know, and it seems weird to say that. Like, like you can't... I don't know, does the manager get fired in this season if the team doesn't do well? Well, I like that you brought that up because what I was going to bring this down is a road like this. Right now with baseball, if Juan Soto is out, it's a huge loss, but I still think the Nationals can win some baseball games. And even in a 60-game season, it's so important to miss one week or so. But let's move on to the NBA. If this happens with somebody on the court, and we're talking about the first or second round of playoffs, that loss is such a different type of hit. This is big news here, by the way. Dave O'Brien. Juan Soto is out. It's significant for this reason. He's asymptomatic, but keep in mind, 
Will Smith also tested positive, and he's been asymptomatic. But three weeks later, he has still not been cleared to return because he has not passed two COVID-19 tests. I think we're seeing something similar with some Philadelphia Phillies as well. I mean, there's been some guys where they were on that list that we weren't even allowed to speak about, and we haven't heard any updates yet. Well, Ranger Suarez is one of them, and he did not make the uh, opening 30-man roster. Exactly. So I think you're seeing that throughout everywhere, not just sports, in terms of everybody testing positive. There are people who are just asymptomatic and can't find a way to get on the negative side of things, and they don't feel different. Everything feels fine, and they can't. That's got to be so stressful to be sitting there feeling perfect, feeling like nothing's wrong, being an athlete and watching your teammates go play, and you can't play even though you feel totally 100% fine to go out there and play. Yeah, and keep in mind, too, it's, you know, you got the differences between a guy like Soto, who's, you know, you don't know, he's asymptomatic, feels fine, probably wants to go out there and play, it's like, oh, can't pass the test. Then you had a guy like Freeman, who said he had 104 fever. And never thought he would have be, you know be able to get back out there and play. So there's so much like middle ground or lack of middle ground. You have one guy over here who's like asymptomatic, fine, but can't pass the test. Then you had Freeman who had 104 temperature, and now he's passing the test and getting ready to get back out there and play. It's just going to be you're just going to have to deal with it as a fan of hey. The Washington Nationals right now, in a 60-game sprint, they might miss their MVP candidate for 10 games. Or more. Three weeks? We talked about the odds, too, yesterday for the MVP and things of that nature. You talk about Vegas being all over the place. People put a bet in maybe three hours ago on the Washington Nationals. What happened on that game? And then now all of it has shifted and the odds change, and now you can get better odds for the Nationals. You know what I mean? Like You're, you're now having to play a big-time risk, a bigger risk than you already are betting on sports because anything can happen. Two minutes after you put your bet in, something significant can happen to one of the biggest stars on the team, and then you lose out. Think about the over-under, too. It's not just that specific game. You're talking about over-under on wins, over-under on how many home runs he's going to hit. There's so much that's in play when it comes to the betting odds now. How much, how crazy is it that baseball, there was such negative vibes between the the um, negotiations. That seems like it was months ago that they couldn't get out of their own way. Aren't you mentally past all the negotiations? You're just ready for a game. And the news in baseball has all been positive for about two weeks since they started summer camp, exhibition games, a couple of uh, inter-squad scrimmages, and now we hear it on opening night, and bam, they get this news. We always knew, though, that this was in play. The thing is... We were always discussing different phases. So, okay, how are they going to work this out? What's the schedule going to look like? Where are they going to play? They finally figured that out, and this is somewhat of the next phase. Okay, getting through what happens when people actually test positive. So, we always knew down the road that this was going to be in play where you can lose people throughout the season because of the virus. We just weren't there yet. Now we are finally here to start watching sports, and the reality is coming that this is going to happen throughout all of these sports leagues. Well, that and the fact of the matter is this. Again, it goes back to if you're into this investing yourself into a season to win a championship like you would in a normal year, I think you might be disappointed throughout this season. Absolutely. I, I, I was just going to say, I got a text from one of my buddies, and he's a huge Brett Brown hater. And he just texted me, you ready for Brett Brown to win that championship or what? And 
it's funny you bring that up because he's sitting here right now thinking about that championship for the Sixers. There's so much that can happen. Can you? Is it fair to sit here today and talk about the championship run that your teams can possibly go on and not think about COVID-19 ruining the, ruining that? So are you suggesting that there are people, again, it goes back to that they don't want to see the Sixers win the championship because... They don't want Brown to be successful? No, he's saying he's looking at this season as as if it was a normal season and the Sixers have this great opportunity without factoring in COVID-19 can stop it. Let me tell you this. If the Sixers win a championship in this season, Brett Brown will have carte blanche to be the coach for as long as he wants to be, wouldn't you think? The Sixers organization, I wouldn't think, is going to look at it any differently. They're going to say, we have a coach who just won an NBA championship. He's our coach. I would have to agree with you. But I'm just putting it in perspective of how sports fans should be watching the season. You say that it should be more of, hey, let it just be an escape. You don't have to get so diehard into it because so many factors can come into play. But there's a lot of Sixers fans out there, just like my buddy who texted me just moments ago, who don't even put that into the equation. And they have the mindset of, look, it's time to go win that championship. And they don't put into the equation that, this is going to be a little bit of a different type of season. So, is he kind of being like... Uh, oh, yes. He's he's putting a little sarcasm in there as well. Right, no like, doubt. are you ready to see your boy go win the championship? And yeah. He's basically saying it's not happening. Right. But he also, I know him, and I know how he feels about this team, and he is so dialed in and ready to sit down on that couch to go watch the Sixers win a championship. And he's like all in and doesn't factor in a lot of all the equations happening here. Like, hey, you know, the Sixers stopped for four months. And hey. So will he be happy if they do win? I think they'd be happy. Yeah, he'd be happy. Even if Brett Brown's the coach and they win? Yes, because he's going to be getting a lot of texts from me. So I'm going to make sure that he's happy. 609-403-0973. We'd like to get texts from you. 609-403-0973. Place your legal sports bets at playsugarhouse.com. Sign up now. They'll match your first deposit at $250. Go to playsugarhouse.com. Start betting on golf, UFC, boxing, Korean baseball, real money casino games from the comfort of your home. Must be 21 or to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When we come back, one of the greatest boxers of all time, is returning. Yep, we have the details next. With Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN-FM. I just, it's, it's because I can do it. And um, I, I can do it, and I believe other people believe they can do it too. Just because um, we're 54, that don't mean we have to start a new career and our life is totally over. Not when you feel as beautiful as I do, and I'm sure other people feel the same way. Uh, that was Mike Tyson. He is boxing again, and he's facing Roy Jones Jr. 2020 really messed with us, didn't it? How does that make you feel? I think Tyson probably could still go. You think so? I mean, at 54, I don't know if he could beat, like, the, the heavyweight champion of the world. Like, I don't know if he's in that, but he's probably better than 90% of the other guys out there. I don't know about Roy Jones Jr. Here Roy he Jones Jr., he was not doing, he was, like, still hanging on late in his career and not looking so good. I mean, even Ty Tyson was, too, but Tyson was fighting... You know, Lennox Lewis late in his career, and he got knocked out. But he was like, he still had the heart. He was getting up. 
And then I think he just fell out of love with it. He has completely changed as a human being. I don't know what Roy Jones Jr. has done. I don't know where he's been. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about him other than he did, you know, he was doing the commentary stuff. But he wasn't even good at the end of the road. He was starting to kind of get beat bad. I mean, I don't, they're not even in the same weight class, by the way. Tyson's a heavyweight. I mean, Roy Jones Jr., not a heavyweight. Hearing it's an exhibition, speak, by right. the way. He, hearing him speak, does it make you question what happened to this guy? What happened? I smoked to this a guy? lot of weed. Is what happened. <laughs> it's more than just that, though. I mean, come on. He's one of those guys where. Well, you didn't. You weren't. That's true. Old I wasn't. Enough no, to... you're right. I wasn't. But it is hearing him. It's one of those. Whew, it's a shame, kind of guys. No. Uh, not necessarily. You I don't mean, think he, so? Why? What? I mean, just in general, like the way his whole entire career played out, and then the tattoos and things like that. I mean, he looked like what's well, going on with this guy? Well, but that happened towards the end of his actual career when he just, I think, kind of lost interest in it. He just didn't want to do it anymore. He was Iron Mike Tyson. He was still Kid Dynamite to people in their minds, but he wasn't anymore. And he just kind of like, but I think he's kind of now. He loves boxing, and that's all he really knows, and he's turned into this, like, one-man show guy. I mean, there was a time where he was maybe the most feared and known athlete on the planet. No doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. It's just, you know, towards the end of his whole fighting career, I just thought things were going to the point where people were questioning what was going on over there. That's all. I think they were, but he became this guy that became a very likable guy. Sure. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I hear him speak now, though, and it's not to the point where I'm cringing, but what went wrong kind of goes through my head. Well, I mean, he had a very disturbing life, and I think once he got out of boxing and he kind of like got away from the people who were kind of uh, telling him what to do and leading his career, I think he kind of just went down a different direction. And it seems that, like he talked about it this morning, that um, – his lifestyle, he became like a healthy eater. and Because there was a time when he was gaining weight and he kind of just... But apparently he said he believes his healthy lifestyle, he's in better shape, and that uh, he thinks he... I mean, have you seen some of the videos of him working out? Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's putting in the work. Look, George Foreman was the heavyweight champion in, in what, 50? 49, 50 years old? That's impressive. So, and Tyson, the difference is Foreman... You know, as he is in his advanced age, he was just kind of like a lean on you and defensive. He had that crab defensive style, and he just kind of kept you. Tyson, when he was great, it was because of his explosive power. At 54 years old, is he still going to have explosive power? And by the way, again, this is a exhibition against Roy Jones Jr. Are they going to go out there, and is Tyson going to try to knock his block off? Or is he out there just to demonstrate you know is this a show for him and he talked about it this morning uh is this a show for him or does he legitimately feel like you know this is something that i want to go out there and prove to people that i can still do this hey listen 100 percent of it looking to be mike tyson in the ring but what i wanted um the people that we're talking about now who society says are overhead over age and washed up they have a bigger fan base than the guys fighting and playing now. So right. what's the purpose? The name of the game is to get our fans excited and see us again. They have a bigger fan base than the guys that are playing. 
the um, the guy, the wide receiver, the guy that plays Jerry Rice's position doesn't have a bigger fan base than Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice is not right. playing. So Tyson's essentially saying, I'm more popular than the guys who are boxing now, so why not go out there and get boxing fans a reason to be excited about boxing for something? He's not wrong. Right? He's not wrong at all. Have yeah, you absolutely. ever actually seen Tyson fight? Live? I mean, on like when he was still active. No, not live. I wasn't. I wasn't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So here's this guy that's someone your age. You've never even seen him. Right. But even if I saw him now, I wouldn't even be juiced up because I know that this isn't anything close to what he was doing back in his prime. No. Ex- but aren't you somewhat intrigued? To oh be no like, doubt. Is he better than the? Although the problem is he's fighting Roy Jones Jr. Well, you talked about is he going to go in there and try and knock people out? I think once he's in there. Sort of like how we talk about when these basketball players go on the court. If they just start playing the basketball well, the, game if no one's there, the he's going to be in is, there. The question is, if he goes out there and beats up Roy Jones Jr. like and just absolutely tears his block off, are then promoters going to try to get him to fight real fights? I would think yes. They would be silly not to at that point, right? I mean, you talk about the money that it can generate. Well,